And so as we begin our season of Advent together this morning, we're going to be looking uh, over the next few weeks at some words from the prophet Isaiah. And we're going to be doing that alongside our friends at Bellevue Baptist Church and at Eastwood Baptist Church. They're going to be working from the same Bible passages each week. And the ministers or whoever's preaching that week, we meet on the Monday to discuss the passage and share thoughts and prayers and ideas. And then we see where we each end up at the end of the week. So if you wanted to, you could go and listen or watch uh, either of their services to see what they made of our readings this morning as well. So let's pray as we begin. And so gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the reflections of our hearts and minds together this morning be found pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I read an article this week which suggested that Advent was a season of size, perhaps especially this Advent. Advent is a voice crying, it's a mood, it's a particular way of perceiving and processing the world. And given where we are in the world at the moment, this Advent feels particularly Adventy, I think. Advent marks both the exhaustion and the hope of God's people. When the meaning of our lives is expressed in a weary exhaling of ordinary breath and a sharp intake of something far greater. See, today is the start of the church's year. Part of the challenge for me and people who do what I do is to try and hold the Christmas cheer at bay just enough so that we allow Advent to retain its own brooding character. We prepare to remember Jesus being born among us. We lament that the world is not as it should be and we look forward to Christ's return when all that is wrong will be set right. But this year is, I think, quite different. This year things aren't ramping up with the same level of energy and excitement and jollity. We're tired. We take stock of our losses. We yearn for Emmanuel, God, with us. The old hymn goes, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, and that captures it so well. But long before Jesus is born, we see this yearning for God to do something, to bring change, to intervene, and we see it in the prayers and in the hopes of God's people in the Old Testament, including in our reading this morning from Isaiah. Twice in the opening two verses, we find, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Come down and make your name known. And later on in verse 9, look upon us. As we pray, this is a cry for God's attention. It's a cry to be remembered. And I don't know about you, but I read this as having a sense of urgency about it. This is a pleading almost. We don't know how much longer we can hold out. We don't know how much more we can take. Lord, help and help us now. Perhaps these last months have felt a bit like that for you. Waiting and hoping for God to do something to help you get through the challenges this pandemic has brought into your life. But I suspect where we might part from some of the prayers and hopes of our ancestors in the Old Testament is that there's often a sense in these prayers 
of them asking God to restore the glory days of old. We're not asking for our nation to be stronger in political power or military muscle than any other, because in Jesus we've been shown a different way, the different way in which God's sovereign power is revealed. And it turns out that that is in humility and meekness as much as as in might and strength. This is one of the wonderful truths that Isaiah captures here for us. God is the one who is capable and more capable than anyone and everyone, who is over and above and beyond all others. Yet God is also deeply personal. In verse 8 we read, Yet you, Lord, are our Father, the creator of the universe, the potentate of time, the king of glory is our father and our friend. It's such an incredible juxtaposition, and one that I think can help us remember that God hears our prayers, God listens to us and speaks to us and is always with us. That reminds us that you are not forgotten. You are never beyond God's love. Your prayers are always heard. I was reminded on Monday this week of the Matt Redmond song, O Sacred King. And in particular, the line that seems to capture this juxtaposition so well, where it says, you're the mystery of the universe, you're the God of holiness, and yet you welcome souls like me. And so if we know that God hears our prayers and the cries of our hearts, that all rather begs the question, what is it that we're praying for? What is it that we really want? I'd humbly suggest this morning that Advent calls us to do something other than hope that we just go back to the way things were. We have a bigger vision and hope. We want God to come and bring God's kingdom. Instead of the restoration of days gone by, we want to move into a new space, a new reality, where every person on the earth knows something of the goodness of God, can find forgiveness for their sins and live life in all its fullness. You see, friends, Advent is the gateway to the incarnation, where God makes a full and unreserved investment in the human world. And it was the Jesus born in the days when an overrated emperor named Caesar ruled everything, and a largely unremembered politician called Quirinius governed Syria, who was born into the world where there were many dark days and much misrule mixed together, just as there are now, mixed together with the unspeakable beauty of creation and of community. You see, Advent pays close attention to this world into which Jesus came and takes its reality seriously. Every year we ask, What is it about our world that has made Advent necessary? How are we different as a result of Jesus having been born amongst us? In this season of waiting, what are we waiting for? Friends, the Hebrew word for wait can also mean hope. There are, of course, many ways to wait, patiently and impatiently, fearfully or in keen anticipation, as realists or impossible dreamers and a whole host more 
Besides, it's possible to wait for so long that you forget what you're waiting for, perhaps in the long post office queue or on the phone trying to get an appointment at the doctor. This year, we're waiting or dreading the rise in case numbers throughout winter. We're waiting for a different Christmas where many of us will not be able to see relatives and friends we would usually see. And all of us will be unable to gather and celebrate in all the ways that we usually do. We're waiting for a new political climate. We're waiting for the guns to fall in conflicts around the world. We're waiting for the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence to not be necessary. We're primed and waiting for a vaccine, even though we're aware of the logistical nightmare of making it happen and the reality that the poorest people and the poorest countries will wait the longest for it. But you know, I think that a stripped down and stripped back Christmas will help us, or at least has the capacity to help us to find hope afresh in this season. In the absence of all the trimmings, might we find Jesus in a different way? We're hoping that Christ will come not on the clouds of heaven, but with surprises that we are in a lifetime of waiting and had never dreamt of. That once again, he will become one of us and show us the way forward in this world of his and perhaps open doors between us that have been closed for years. We're hoping that we'll be able to play our part in living lives that are holy and given over to God, turning away from sin and seeking God's forgiveness for the times when we get it wrong. We join with Isaiah in asking God not to remember our sins forever. And we join with the psalmist in asking that God would remember us in the light of God's great mercy and love. We're hoping that through the faithful efforts of God's people, hate will give way to love. And this week, in our members meeting, we came together to make a bold declaration about the love of God being for all people, that everyone really is welcome. And as I prepared for that meeting, I had a picture, a picture of clouds parting and light breaking through. And even better, someone else had that same picture too and contacted me to share it with me. Together, us believing that God was bringing light forth in the work that we were embarking on. But God has more light to shine into our lives and the lives of those in our community. And so we hope, we hope that there might be more of God's kingdom seen around us, more grace, more truth, more kindness, more mercy, more faithfulness, and more love. Friends, it is possible. And more than that, God is already at work preparing the ground, bringing change about. It's just that God often does things in ways that we don't expect. As Isaiah says to God, when you did awesome things that we did not expect, or as Paul writes to the church in Corinth, we declare God's wisdom, which is a mystery. Perhaps one of the things we want, one of the things we pray for this Advent, is to see, to perceive where God is already at work. 
For if we caught even a glimpse of what God is doing, even right at this very moment, we'd be encouraged and we'd be challenged to set a course for the horizon that God is laying out before us. Perhaps the way we live out our faith in these days is to live like God is at work, even if we can't see where or how. But if Jesus really has become one of us, then he doesn't represent something that is separate from all the things we want and fear and grieve for and wait for. He is God with us. And whilst we may not always recognise God and see where God is at work in the world, we know that in every act of justice, love and reconciliation, God will be there. He even hears us sigh when we pray. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And so let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we join with the prayer of Isaiah and of the people that he spoke to and spoke for, asking that you would come and do a new work in our lives and in the lives of our nation and the whole of creation itself. And Lord, we pray that by your Spirit, you would give us eyes and ears to see and hear where you are at work. Help us to perceive. Help us to notice. Help us to follow. Help us to join with you in extending the reach of your kingdom. Lord, we come asking that you would be with us in this season of waiting. Assure us of your presence. Hear our prayers, we pray. Amen.